Welcome to Because It Is, a conversation about faith, justice, and other things that matter. This podcast is hosted by Second Baptist Downtown in Little Rock, Arkansas. Second Baptist is a vibrant, historic downtown congregation whose faith compels us to seek justice, care for the oppressed, and pattern our lives after the way of Jesus. We are a unique Baptist church that prioritizes diversity and inclusion for all. In this episode, we talk with three former interns about their experiences at Second Baptist. We are excited to welcome back Chris Redman, who served as both a student intern and pastoral intern in 2013 and 2014, Michael Herter, who served as a pastoral intern in 2019, and Jillian Mitchell, who served as a pastoral intern in 2020. During this National Mentoring Month, we pause to give thanks for the opportunity to mentor and be mentored and to dream about what this might look like in the future. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Because It Is. I could not be more excited today to welcome some dear friends uh, to the podcast. Normally, uh, our podcast guests are friends I have from a distance, but today we're inviting people that I know quite well to the podcast. Uh, I know their sins. Uh, I know their virtues. I know pretty much uh, everything about them, I think, uh, at least in a work setting. So, uh, and they might know my one sin as well, but uh, yeah, just grateful today to welcome former interns at Second Baptist, um, Chris Redman, Michael Herter, and Jillian Mitchell, all of whom are beloved by our church and staff and represent even more interns uh, that we've hosted along the way at Second Baptist. So welcome everybody to the podcast. We're thrilled that you're here uh, and looking forward to hearing from you today. I guess first, let's let's catch up and let everybody know what's going on with you. I know the church will be excited to hear uh, what's happening in your lives. So um, Michael, you're first on my screen. Why don't we go Michael and Jillian and Chris, uh, catch us up. All right, well, hello. Um... So I'm Michael Herter, and I'm currently uh, back in Waco. I was actually just in Little Rock yesterday as of this recording. Got to to visit briefly at at TBC. It was good to good to be back and um, see some people. Uh, I'm currently studying at Baylor still. Um, last time I was an intern at Second Baptist, I was finishing up my seminary degree. I'm now working on my PhD in church music. Uh, so I'm a year and a half into that and enjoying it overall, feeling the feeling the stress and the workload of it, but enjoying it. Um, so been doing that, been getting into to some teaching at Baylor as well, uh, some intro music teaching, uh, and I'm serving as music associate at um, my church in Waco, Calvary Baptist. Uh, been doing that for about the past year now. And yeah, it's been quite a quite a journey since I was at second uh, remember talking with Preston recently just about who even knows what time has been since 2019 and how to even make sense of the years that have passed and how many they are and even you know what what month what day of the week it is anymore uh, since everything that's happened but yeah that's generally where I'm at working on uh, on school still working in ministry and 
starting to imagine and look towards next steps after finishing school. Hopefully that'll be August of 23. Great. Good to hear from you, Michael. And let's keep it between us that you were in town with multiple instruments in your vehicle and did not play in worship. I, I still feel like that's a cardinal sin, but if we could keep that away from Suzanne Kane and the rest of the church, I would appreciate that. Jillian, what's up with you? Hi, um, I am at a big transition point in my life currently. I just finished um, two degrees at OU in letters and international studies with a minor in piano. So wrapped up undergrad. I just finished my job um, that I had all of undergrad at North Haven Church. Um, I was a music intern for a while. And then I ended up working in the youth for the last year and a half when the pandemic hit and music kind of changed in our churches. Um, so right now I'm taking a short little break, getting to see my friends and family that I haven't gotten to see since this pandemic hit and since I haven't really had a break. So yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. And then starting work in the next month or so. Sounds good. Tell all the people in Oklahoma City that I know and love, hello. Will do. And Chris? Hey, everybody. Um, I'm just in North Carolina. Um, I'm finishing uh, my fourth year of a PhD now. So it feels like I've been in school for like seven, eight years now. <laughs> I'm starting to lose count. Uh, but I was able to go to Little Rock uh, for a couple of weeks around the holidays. So managed to pop in and see a few folks. But just, uh, yeah, trying to, to finish up school. I'm working on a dissertation now, um, which I'm just sort of in the process of formulating. So I'm trying to figure out what that looks like to get up every day and, and write with nobody telling me to. Uh, but yeah, got to teach a little bit on the side um, as a doctoral student and work with some pastoral uh, students here at Duke. And yeah, it's been really fun. And uh, yeah, so just making it through. Great. Uh, well, the church uh, loves you guys. I hope you know that. And they ask about you often, have you heard from? And sometimes I have, and sometimes I haven't, but the church is uh, super proud of you and uh, honored to call you part of our family. Uh, we claim you even if you don't claim us. I hope you know that. Uh, so good to hear from you and celebrate all the good things in your lives. I wonder if you might kind of start at the beginning today in terms of your relationship at Second and just characterize what your summer internship meant to you at Second, what what you learned, what you remember about that. If there's a story you want to share, share it. If there's a story you don't want to share, share that too. Uh, we probably want to hear that. So yeah, I wonder how you would characterize your time at Second and your experience as a summer intern. I'll jump in. I guess we may go in the same order. And if we want to go in a different order, just let me know. Um, so I guess my experience as an intern at Second uh, started actually through conversations with Dr. York, who's also been on the podcast pre uh, previously. And uh, really that connection came out of um, my experience of learning at seminary and uh, digging deeper into, into theology and seeing some of the implications of that and finding parts of my own kind of theological formulations and upbringing 
shifting as I, I learned more and as I grew. Um, and uh, second ended up being a really good space for me to, to experience that in a different venue and to uh, encounter that in a different kind of Baptist church, I guess we would say. Uh, and I see what you're doing with that drop <laughs> right there. Yeah. So the, the actual internship, I think what I appreciate, one of the things I really appreciated about it um, was that Preston, I did get to work closely with you, but then I also got to work with pretty much most of the other people on staff as well in some capacity, got to have conversations with um, people in various areas and uh, getting to work with them, have conversations with them, just kind of jump in with both feet to whatever the church was doing um, was really positive for me. I'm um, getting to talk with Andrew Black and uh, and Chris and, uh, and Hewlett and also engaging with um, the people in the congregation, having conversations and meals with them uh, was really special for me to, to kind of get an inside view to a church that I felt really knew who they were. Um, and I think that that was both uh, communicated clearly and, and expressed and people had felt like they had internalized that, um, those values um, and uh, things like justice and compassion and active faith. Those, those things stood out to me in my time at, at 2BC. Uh, so seeing those things lived out and getting to have kind of multiple angles of entry for the, the different areas of ministry. There was exciting stuff happening with Lake Nixon at the time um, and things with the youth and, and all kinds of different ministry opportunities, uh, working with the local schools. So I, I think for me, I, I most appreciated getting to see kind of uh, a fully orbed um, perspective on, on kind of who 2BC are and what, and what they do. Um, also getting to be involved with music with Suzanne and all that. And I was just good to have kind of that multi-pronged experience for me to see how, do, how does the church work together? How does the church staff work together? How do they relate to each other? Um, all of that was really good for me. I would say my time at second was really interesting because I came the summer of 20, which was the wildest time to start anything new. And I just remember, I had talked to Preston previously. He was the pastor at my home church back in Oklahoma City growing up. And so I've known him since I was five. When he says he actually knows like all of our sins and all the things about us it is correct because he watched me grow up. But your original sin. <laughs> he knows too much. Yeah. But that's how I ended up hearing about second is knowing Preston here. And I talked to him for a year about doing the internship. And I had texted him when the pandemic hit. I was like, is this going to happen? Is this not going to happen? And, and Preston was really reassuring, like, I promise this to you. And like, we still want to have you like things are still going on at this church, even though the world is looking so weird right now. And kind of like Michael said, like, one of the most steadying things throughout that whole process was like second knew who they were this whole time. Second was wanting to still engage in the community, even with all of the unrest and uncertainty. And so 
just the warmth that I experienced when I came because I was half virtual for the month of June and then I was in person the month of July. And so I was only around the whole congregation at Lake Nixon once or twice, but I still felt like a part of the church the whole time. People were constantly emailing me, reaching out to me, finding ways to connect, even though we couldn't do it in traditional ways. And that has lasted with me for the past two years. Like every time I think of second, I just think of the kindness that I experienced while I was there. And so, yeah, it was the weirdest time. And Brittany let me live with her, which was the most wonderful experience because she took in a new 21 year old, which was really, really wonderful of her to do. And so that was just like a little microcosm of just yeah, the great hospitality that I picture there and just all of the encouragement that surrounded me in such a weird time. Yeah, that that was a blur of a summer to me, and it's it's still still blurring. It's still going on in some ways. So yeah, Chris. Yeah, I echo a lot of what the others have said. Um, I feel like I might be the eldest here in terms of like uh, to BC experience. Cause I came in, I'm going to say 2013. Um, it was the, the summer that you started Preston. Um, but my internship was like family and children's ministry oriented. So I worked a lot with, uh, Logan Carpenter of blessed memory. So, uh, yeah, it was just, uh, honestly, it was, it was a really fun, you know, and I did it uh, two years in a row. So a couple summers in my uh, sort of memories. I feel like we don't talk enough about fun at church and joy. And um, if I had to pick one word to describe, you know, my my summers there, it was joy. Um, I felt like, I, you know, I was 21, 22 when I was doing the job, but I felt like I was taken seriously. Um, you know, they brought me right into the staff room and, you know, it just felt like um, both staff and lay people, you know, were curious about uh, my life and what I had to offer. And, and it was just kind of a mutually like enriching experience all around. Um, and I felt like the staff really loved the work. Um, you know, I was in a place of kind of deconstruction uh, for a long time, several years, even after 2BC. And I feel like it was, it was pastors at a place like there that really kind of saved the church for me going forward. So um, yeah, I think about y'all all the time, really wish I could hang out more. Chris, you must tell the story of uh, children's camp. Uh, was it your <laughs> second year at UBC? I don't even remember. I think it was first year. Um, I was but I had all sorts of, yeah, fun, weird uh, experiences. Because we did like a, a children's camp in Tennessee where we partnered with another church. And um, I remember at one point, one of the little kids uh, from the other church you know, it was maybe three or four in the afternoon and we were going from little activity to activity. And he's, you know, he's like, Hey, can I, uh, can I go to the bathroom? I think I've, you know, done number two in my pants. And I said, Oh, like, when did this happen? He said about eight hours ago. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just kind of like, in so many ways, the tone of ministry, right. It's, you know, it's, it's about Jesus, but it's also about six-year-olds with, you know, poop in their pants. So, uh, I feel like 2BC really brought that together for me. You know, it's um, it's been really helpful to kind of have those experiences going forward. I mean, I, I can't express how much pride I take in the fact that a PhD candidate at Duke University's one of your primary uh, front doors to ministry is a six-year-old 
pooping in their pants. I mean, I just think that's brilliant and beautiful all at the same time. So that's incarnation. I think, I think it should right be, there. yeah. Shouldn't it be, shouldn't it be everybody's? I mean, yeah, that's right. Uh, what, what's wrong with this? So, yeah. <laughs> what did you sign up for? That's right. I wonder what you experienced in your summer at second that you continue to carry with you today and how it, how it informs what you're doing today. Um, Two of you are working on PhDs and one's uh, taking an academic break at the moment. Um, and so none of you are in like full-time traditional ministry settings, but I wonder how your experience at Second continues to shape who you are today and uh, enriches your work. I think one of the things that I've carried um, from my time at 2BC uh, was that leading into that summer internship and then also throughout that time i was really wrestling with questions of how christian faith is expressed in the public sphere and what it looks like to live out faith in a way that is public and in a way that has something to say uh to to people's real issues and society's real issues um and not just something to say but also a posture to listen and engage um, so I think that's one of the big things that I have carried with me is, I, I think, some tools to do that and, and a, hopefully a continued posture towards that um, is that I really want uh, the, the work that I do, the ministry that I do, any kind of theological or musical work that I do, I want that to be connected um, both with the experiences and needs of real people and the the broader things that we're we're dealing with as as communities and you know as a society. Um, so I think that that's one of the big things that I take away was the the experience and kind of the the testing ground to try out some of those things and to to build up a little bit about of that foundation and try out some of those tools. Yeah, that's great. I'd say looking back like the things that have stuck with me the most probably first of all is just the openness that second brought me because this internship i thought was really unique because even though i was technically a pastoral intern and working with preston i did stuff in every facet of the church i went to budget meetings i went to well i lived with Brittany, so i helped working on youth stuff i talked about kids stuff and so it really just opened my mind up to what all ministry encompassed because I knew all of these things were going on, but I hadn't had any exposure to all of these other things. And shortly after um, I ended up like after my internship ended, I ended up becoming like a co-youth minister at my church. It's a smaller church in Oklahoma City. Um, and a lot of those tools that I didn't think that I would need that I had just learned from other parts of working in second came in handy so much because I knew how to have conversations with teenagers because I'd been doing this at second. And so just the like breadth of the internship is something that I've found very helpful for me because it's helped me in so many different capacities. And then the other thing that stayed with me is just the confidence that came from working in all of those spheres. I remember being a little intimidated when I first showed up and having never done some of these things before. But just that I know I keep saying this, but like the warmth and the encouragement that I found at second gave me confidence after I left. And that's something that like I've really been able to build upon and has been part of my growth in other aspects of life. 
Beautiful. Yeah, I feel like I hear kind of experiences similar to both of those. I mean, the the confidence piece was really helpful um, for me because, you know, I was a college student. I didn't have a point of reference for a lot of what goes on in church. You know, there, there's watching it growing up and then there's entering a staff meeting and seeing, oh, you know, money and <laughs> just all of the dynamics that happen. Um, so I feel like it just gave me kind of points of reference um, as I entered and I went to seminary afterwards, future church placements too. So I did um, a placement in Spring Creek in Oklahoma City. So there's a connection there and um, placements kind of in North Carolina and, and other folks with other folks too. So um, I feel like just that kind of, you know, place I can go back to in my mind is like, this is what ministry looks like going to the hospital and all of that stuff was really just crucial, especially as I entered theological education, where it's just so focused on ideas, um, kind of going back to what Michael was saying, it's just, it's so easy to get kind of caught up in the cerebral and never, you know, ask yourself what it's about. Um, so yeah, sort of both of those pieces for me. So let's, let's pan out from only talking about second for a second. And uh, let's, let's dream a little bit. When you think about churches that do a good job shaping young ministers, right? Like I often think about what is really shaping the ministers of our future. And I don't, I don't think that's only theological education or schools. I think it's congregations as well, uh, if not congregations primarily in the future. When you imagine what sort of churches do a good job shaping young ministers, what raw materials do you see as present within those churches? What, what makes those churches good and healthy in doing that? I think for me, the, the main thing that comes to mind is an approach to leadership that is empowering and inclusive. Uh, I think it's really difficult for mentoring to happen or for uh, people to feel empowered to step into their giftings or to try new things if there is a norm of a, of a very kind of heavy top-down kind of organizational structure and and uh, kind of chain of command. Um, so I think having a collaborative approach to church that involves the staff, that involves lay people um, in the congregation as well, I think that's a major factor um, in how a church can be effective in, in equipping ministers is to have a collaborative and inviting approach that takes as a priority seeing and discerning and, and encouraging the gifts of other people in their community. Um, and then for me, I think um, equipping interns or future ministers just becomes an extension of that, of this is what we do as a church, as we encourage and we build up and uh, we want to empower people and help them discern their callings. And I think if that becomes a part of the, the DNA of a church, which I think at second it is, uh, and other churches that I've been at as well and had some positive experiences, um, then I think that sets a really good kind of foundation for that work. Yeah, I agree with so much of that. And really, like, for me, the most important raw material that I can see is just emphasizing supportive resources, because as um, interns are around and discerning their call, 
they're also growing and understanding who they are. And so being able to support people, especially um, in church work, I think sometimes people forget that you also have to like, as like a worker at the church, make sure that you're supporting yourself so that you can love the other people at the church well. And so that's like the biggest thing is how are we caring for people? How are we making sure that they're caring for themselves? Yeah. And on top of that, I mean, staff and, and you know, the sort of mentoring experience is you know, so important to the um, to the whole experience of a residency. But I, I don't want to downplay either, you know, the, the lay people, lay support is just one of the most important aspects of every church experience I've gone through. Um, you know, it's getting to hang out with Preston Clegg and also Dale and Jimmy Carter. And, you know, there's just, it takes the whole village, you know, to raise an intern. So a community that's you know, staff, but also uh, lay driven um, is, is a really important resource. Um, and I think, you know, obviously there's practical considerations, things, you know, like facilities and budgets and, you know, it is a, a proper, you know, pastoral type job. So it has to be kind of considered that way. But um, just a sort of attitude and optimism that I think needs to be part of the church. Um, it needs to be a church that is healthy and you know, has a history of going through conflict and making it out on the other side. And, um, you know, a church that still sees a place and is excited about, you know, the future of faith um, in the coming years. So all that stuff kind of comes together to, to be a kind of nurturing space for uh, interns and residents. Yeah, I often think about the story of um, Samuel and Eli, you know, the the young minister who's who's hearing something, but discerning what that something is and, and needing some guidance, not answers, uh, because <laughs> no one can answer those questions for anyone else, but we can help uh, discover those answers. And not just for people who feel a call to vocational ministry, but as Baptists who go around saying the phrase priesthood of believers, you know, that part of what it means to be church is to believe that God is still speaking to people and that God is still calling to people and helping all of us discern that call in our lives, uh, whether that's teaching, parenting, you know, all the calls that all of us feel from time to time. Uh, but especially in vocational ministry, I, I do think it takes an entire community to, uh, to hear that, to discern that, to provide shape to it and nuance to it along the way correction when necessary, safe place to fail. Um, it, it does take a church to raise an intern, I would say, and to raise a minister, a pastor, or, you know, humans. It takes a church to do that. So thank you all for giving voice to that. Why do you think, uh, as people who prize education, uh, you've, you've all talked about your educational journeys and multiple degrees, um, as people who prize education, why do you think experience in a church is important in terms of your educational journey, if you believe it's important? Yeah, I guess, I guess a couple thoughts come to mind for me, one from the perspective of education and one from the perspective of like a, a theological or pastoral um, kind of approach. Uh, first, I, I think having practical experience and seeing people um, 
doing the work of ministry, whether that be staff and vocational or whether that's the congregation, the, the members of a church, I think that just can open up new worlds of what theology can mean, of what uh, the education that you're continuing to pursue, if you are, um, can can mean and what that can um, become. I think for me, I really think there needs to be a back and forth between those. Um, and I've found that personally to be really, really helpful um, where I've, yes, in practical ministry experiences, having training, having studied, those kinds of things are really valuable. And I find in moments of actual you know, person-to-person ministry, those resources are really important. And I'm glad to have those kind of come to the surface, but also whenever I am kind of digging into the intellectual or theological side of things, um, it's important to me for there to be faces and names and life experiences attached to these things. Uh, I don't, I don't think it's really possible I don't know that it's possible to learn anything in a vacuum, but certainly not ministry. Um, and and I, on the kind of pastoral theological side, I, I think I, we see that modeled in in Jesus of how Jesus chose to to teach his disciples. Um, you you don't you know download the appropriate data from from Jesus. You walk with Jesus, and you see what Jesus does, and you receive the invitation to participate in what he's doing. And, you know, that there's that modeling and that relationship that I think is really essential to, to ministry. So I think that's how I tend to think of that um, from those two different angles. Thanks for I that. That's a good word. I've been in school far less long than any of y'all, but one thing that I think it's so easy to do in school is to lose sight of like education as a vehicle for us learning how to be people in the world or us encouraging other people how to be people in the world. And so that's one thing that I think is so good about spending time in practical ministry, especially like either during your education and between your education is because it kind of reminds you what all of this is bringing you towards. Like, um, one thing is that Michael said, it's just like part of it is walking with Christ. And like, that is such a practical earthy thing. Like even the stories that we've told, it's conversations that you had with people, experiences you had with kids, being church in all of the really messy and chaotic and wonderfully beautiful ways. And so that interplay between education leading us towards this place where we better understand how to be people in the world, I think is a really beautiful thing. Yeah, just building off, you know, what's been said already. I feel like I have kind of a very sort of practical way into this question and then also a theological way in. Um, the practical way, you know, to approaching this, this issue about why we should practice ministry, you know, is it's how all education outside of religious education works anyway. You know, the, the residency model um, is sort of built on, you know, a medical residency or similar programs in other fields. And it seems like, you know, for other careers, we don't have any issue imagining why it's important for a doctor to get practical experience or, 
you know, name your career. Um, but sometimes churches can sort of sink into this, this way of thinking about church as just intellectual or, oh, you just need to memorize the creeds and learn your Bible verses and you're set. And that's just not how we view education in any other sphere of life. Um, and then I guess that gets into the theological rationale too. Something I've been thinking a lot about as I've been, you know, kind of working on this project here. Um, sort of how do we envision God? You know, is God this pure intellect, doesn't have a body, you know, it's just kind of a spirit floating in space, or is God incarnational and bound up in human lives and experiences and poopy diapers and the whole, you know, gambit? Um, and I think the, the Christian witness is the second one, you know. So of course, practical ministry is part of it because that's what, you know, God is like. So, um, yeah, so it seems like there's just lots of good reasons. I can't think of any bad reasons to not <laughs> have practical experience. So, Yeah, recently I was introduced to the word excarnation. Uh, and it was this author's way of saying that many people seek to solve problems from without, right? Like just intellectually and from a distance, uh, seeing things as static issues, but I think all three of you have said the word incarnation at some point today. Our God enters our experience, and there's a lot of talk about ministry in church today, and, and a lot of it are conversations we need to have, um, but ministry is not ministry until your hands are dirty, until you're doing it at some level, and uh, I think there's there's multiple kinds of knowing, right? There is the kind of knowing that has read a book and can converse about a topic. And there's the kind of knowing that, you know, a farmer who's farmed the same field for 50 years in a way that that farmer knows that field. Um, ministry demands both of those. It demands uh, reflection. It also demands practice. And those feed one another so beautifully in an internship setting, I feel, and at least I hope, uh, that that was your experience at Second. And that's what I hear all of y'all saying, is that ministry is an exercise in incarnation. Uh, would y'all agree with that? Yes. Well, nodding. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is all audio today, so head nods don't count. So, yeah. Um. Each of you uh, have been my teacher. Uh, I don't think we say that enough, that uh, not only has Second taught you or our staff taught you or I've taught you, but you've taught us as well. And uh, we, think, we think of you as wise people. So to head towards a conclusion today, uh, I want you to give me all the right answers about the future. Um, as you imagine the church of the future, uh, let's say 25 to 50 years from now, as you imagine what ministers in that church of the future will look like, what do you see, um, both in terms of the church and the people who minister in the church? What do you imagine? What do you hope? What do you fear? What do you see? Well, I'm just happy that between the four of us, we're going to have this all figured out by the end of the conversation. Um, but I, I think. <laughs> A couple things that that come to mind for me, and and maybe I can't reach out to 25 years, but I'm mostly thinking in terms of in light of the past 
two, three years, what things seem likely to change. And I think there's very likely to be a significant change in the kind of the shape and function of, of church in society. I, I think kind of analogous to how so many people have been rethinking work in a time of pandemic and a time of working from home and a time of so many things, realizing there are different ways to do these things we've always been doing. Um, I think there is going to be a lot of kind of recalibrating and um, trying new approaches and realizing maybe maybe we've been given some opportunities to rethink our default settings and to to try some different ways of of, of doing this. Um, on the other hand, I think we're also going to um, be reminded how important some of these things that we've always done are, things like table fellowship and um, real lived community and day-to-day -day life that I think have been stretched and challenged in recent years. And I think that can reinforce how important they are. Um, so I, and and honestly, I, I don't know whether I feel positively or negatively about this, but I see a lot of, uh, I foresee a lot of, a lot of things with the institutional and structured aspects of religion kind of being up in the air going forward in the next couple of decades. And who knows what that will mean for kind of vocational ministry or organized churches. Um, but I think there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of those really important central things that are going to need to continue. Those are incarnational aspects, and the I think the willingness for the church to be open to the leading of the Holy Spirit and be open to our neighbors. Um, I think if we've got those pieces. Hopefully, and and I, I believe in faith. Those are the things that will will last, and a whole lot else may shift around it. Um, so, future ministers are likely going to need to be quite flexible and adaptable because I think there's going to be a lot shifting under us for the next while, at least. You know, Michael, you said things we we don't take for granted. From my from the window of my study, I can see the parking lot of Second Baptist. And when we were really gathering together, we're since kind of back to virtual, but when we were gathering together and I could see the cars pulling in the parking lot on Sunday morning, I exhaled and did not take it for granted. And I've even thought about theologically people gathering together, right? And what, that, what the simple act of gathering in the flesh says about God not just about us, but, but in a world where we're so fractured and so divided, um, the simple act of gathering together feels salvific to me. And that's something I probably did take for granted every day of my life. I mean, I've been in church my whole life. Part of being in a church is gathering. And yet the pandemic has rid me of that assumption. And it's made it more of a gift and that could be told a million times over, right? That um, 
the things we used to take for granted, we don't take for granted. We're going to have to be heavily adaptive in some areas and yet more rooted in the core of our faith in other ways. Um, yeah, that seems to be a way forward. Uh, Jillian, I wonder what you think. Yeah, As the I, youngest amongst us, I must say that too. The youngest. I, def I definitely feel being, I guess I'm not a college student anymore, but the last four years being in college, this is a question that I've been asked a lot and a lot of people my age have been asked a lot. And over the last four years, the best answer I have is I have no idea what the church is going to look like. I think that we've seen kind of like Michael said, like so many social shifts and so much of that has been really wonderful and beautiful and uprooting. And we don't know how all of this is going to look in 10 years, but I do think that flexibility is going to be one of the most important things and really embracing change as something beautiful and good that we can use to create something even better is I think something that we have to really keep in mind. Um, and not that we can't mourn some things that we've lost, but definitely understanding that there are opportunities within this. And we might not even know what those opportunities are immediately, but being willing to embrace those is gonna help steer us in the right direction. And then the other thing, kind of like Michael said, is understanding where we're rooted. And what are the things that we need to hold on to moving forward? Why does church matter? Why does it matter that we're creating a space in our communities? Um, what does it look like to be active in our communities, even though that's changing? That root of still being deeply involved in a place is something that stays. And so being able to really firmly hold on to those things of what it means to be community, why it's important to be community, and um, how we can be that for all of the people around us. I think that's going to be the most important thing to hold on to going forward. Mm. That's great. Chris. Yeah. I don't know that I have much to add to all that. Um, you know, I, I think that church is going to look different. It's going to be my, my suspicion is it's going to be smaller. It's going to be more intentional. Um, I have so many friends in my age group who have a lot of religious trauma and I think, you know, that's driving them to other forms of um, spirituality and other forms of self-awareness. And, you know, so we're going to have to reckon with, in some ways, the history of religion and, you know, our own country. Um, but I also think there's a lot of reason to be hopeful. Um, you know, Preston mentioned gathering as uh, one of the major kind of things that church does that really few spaces in society can offer. Um, and I just think about that in integration in general, you know, if I have a dream for the church, it's that we can learn how to be better integrated as people. Um, you know, that means thinking more about, um, you know, the trauma aspect being more trauma informed. That means thinking about um, gender and race and sexuality and all of the things that make us human. Um, I hope that the church is, you know, really thinking through all that stuff and reminding us you know, the reason we're here is to work through all of it together. Um, so that's, that's my hope, at least, is that uh, even if the church faces some challenges, even if uh, numbers may go down, the, you know, spirit of it all will, will grow. So, yeah. Uh, a church that makes us more human. Uh, that, that seems to be a good start. That's what I hear you saying, Chris. Um. Absolutely. 
most of the time when I do podcasts, um, it's more externally focused. You know, what's some social issue or um, something we're trying to educate our own people on. As we close this out, I, I wonder if y'all might have a word to the heart of Second Baptist, to the people of Second Baptist. Uh, what If you could say anything to, to our church, I wonder what, what you would say today. We're all deep in thought here. Um, I'm glad to go first. I mean, sort of looping back to what I was thinking about in the beginning, this idea of joy. I mean, there's just, I've been in a lot of church contexts. I've had fabulous experiences in all of them, you know, and second has a kind of uh, feeling like home uh, to me. And there's just been so many memories and so much joy. Um, and I think that's important. I think that's theological. I think that's, um, you know, human. So I just, I have a lot of gratitude that I, you know, I want to communicate to the church. It's been really, really important space for me. Um, and it's been going on 10 years uh, next year, but I still think about it all the time and, and miss y'all. So. I think more than anything, I would just say thank you to Second because being there was just such a gift and just the openness and the beauty of that experience. And with that, thank you, just an encouragement of what you're doing is impacting people and it is creating these wonderful spaces in the world. And so know that the work you, you've been doing, even the small things, those things have mattered to so many people. I was only there for a summer and it has sat with me this long. So all of these tiny little things have just like accumulated to this impact that's so much bigger than I think sometimes you see in the day to day. And so that's something that I'm really grateful and I hope that everyone there is really encouraged by. Yeah, I, I would also echo that gratitude. Um, I, I think what I would say the second would be both an encouragement and a challenge. Um, and that relates to the, what I mentioned before about it. I think second is a, a church that knows who they are. Um, and I can think of experiences all, while I was, while I was there stories that I've heard that were really important to people in the congregation, really important to the staff of this is what we're about. This is kind of at our core. Um, these different experiences that that play into those values. Um, and I would, yeah, I would encourage second to, to continue holding on to that. Um, I'm reminded of the, the letters to the churches in Revelation when Christ is speaking to each of those churches and imagining what, what Christ might say to, to second. And I think it's something there about that encouragement to hold on to that vision of, of who is second meant to be um, and to, to hold that in a, in a hopeful um, and an empowering way. And also to, to keep on kind of that reflective and, and maybe sometimes um, self-aware and a little bit self-critical um, aspect as well. Uh, and, and I think that, I think second does that. I think second has leaders and, um, and congregants who, who have that, um, that stance. Um, but yeah, I think that's, what I would want to to see from from second and why it's been a place that's been a blessing to me in a community um, that second can point to 
who they've been over the years and say, this is who we are. Um, and I think also can help me and others um, to also look at ourselves and realize, hmm, this is who I am. And maybe there's a way that I can, can grow and, and live more into that, that kind of becoming more human, seeking more compassion and um, all that. So, yeah, I would say thank you as well. Yeah. Well, thanks to all of you for being on the podcast today. Uh, I share your, your reticence to speak specifically about the future because I, I don't think there are a lot of answers uh, that we have today. I think we'll live into the questions and the answers will, will find us. Uh, when I imagine the church of the future, I think of a church that does practice a public faith. I think about a church that, that knows when to adapt and when to cling to its core convictions and is wise enough to know what's what, uh, what can be adapted and, and what, what is essential to the faith. Uh, I think of ministers who can read books and read people and read the times. Uh, and I think of a group of people who follow Jesus. And when I imagine those things, I see churches that look something like second. And I see ministers that look a lot like y'all. And when I think about my hope for the future of the church, uh, I, see, I see leaders like you in whatever capacity that is in. Uh, and so hear my gratitude for our journey together thus far and my excitement about where the future will take us. I'm, I'm grateful for y'all. Glad to call you friends and colleagues and uh, look forward to what God might do in the future. Thanks again, y'all. As you go, go and love God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Do so as if it's the most important thing in all the world, because it is. Thank you for listening to Because It Is. These are just some of the things that matter to us at Second Baptist Church downtown. If you enjoyed this conversation, please visit us online at 2bclr.com. That's the number 2bclr.com. And like us on Facebook. This podcast was produced by Brittany Stilwell and edited by Randy Schoenig with Fresh Air Media.